And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Yo, yo, welcome to another episode of the Forum Club. I'm your co-host, Yovan Buha, joined in person for a special in-person edition by Bill Orem. We're coming to you live from my hotel room in Copley Place. Uh, Bill, how was the flight over that I was also on? Yeah, I mean, listen, Yovan, I just want to say this is a... <laughs> A historic day in the history of the Forum Club. Uh, never before have we recorded a podcast episode face to face like this. Usually, I can sort of look at my phone while you talk and and kind of and kind of tune out. But like right now, you're very. So this is very like I'm very locked in on 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 what you're saying because we are right here. So um, you know, listen, we are we're here in Boston, Lakers Celtics on Friday. Um, you know, the continuation of a road trip that started last night in Milwaukee. Lakers lost uh, probably somewhat predictably without LeBron James, the shorthanded Lakers who are trying to get through this stretch uh, until they get LeBron back whenever that'll be. But um, flight was good. I had almonds and coffee. You? I had almonds and coffee. Two, 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 two peas two, in a pod. <laughs> teammates. Well, what, what, what about your Uber right over? <laughs> yeah, listen, uh, our friend Brad Turner from the LA Times was tweeting through it. Uh, but in mean, Logan Airport, very confusing Uber setup in as much as if it even has an Uber setup because we couldn't find it. Uh, you had a you had a little bit of a, a verbal scrape with yeah. uh, an Uber driver uh, who couldn't could not tell us where to, the uber pickup was we ended up in a taxi it must be a great taxi union here the cab the, the cab lobby is very strong in boston which i mean that seems like a very boston thing but um yeah what do we think about these lakers so lakers are eight and eight uh, 24th in offense and 15th in defense just as we predicted basically <laughs> similar to last season obviously worse defensively but but where the, the defense has been better yeah. than the offense uh, as you said, four and six without LeBron, four and two with him. Uh, I, I think the biggest thing, and we, we've talked about this on this podcast, we've written about, it, it is hard to gauge where this team is at right now with no LeBron, with Trevor out, with, with Kendrick out, two guys who project to, to have big roles on this team, uh, and just being so early in the season and, and them still developing chemistry. But I, I think... Big picture, something that I have been impressed by. You just wrote about last night. Taylor Horton Tucker coming out with, with, with these three games. And no uh, question. I, I think he's been someone that Laker fans have obviously been high on. But I, I know from talking to other people around the league, other reporters, there's kind of been this, oh, you know, he, he has this sheen on him because he's a Laker. And, you know, he, he's the next Kuzma. And that he's getting overhyped. And he, he gets the big contract this offseason. Lakers make the difficult decision to let Alex Crusoe mm-hmm. go, not re-sign him, and, and, and basically prioritize Taylor. And thus far, he's looked really, really good. And it's not just been the offense. I think it's been the defense as well. But offensively, three games, 17-plus. 
uh, averaging 23 a night, back-to-back 20-point games. Like, he's been at a level offensively we have not seen from him consistently and I think could be a really big part of this team moving forward with the way he's played so far. Yeah, it's interesting. He made the point last night that he had not played 82 games yet in the NBA. And you go back and look and you count his playoff appearances. Uh, that was his 80th game. So, you know, really young young guy, still 20 years old uh, in his third year. Um, Frank Vogel said something interesting about him. And and we know we know Frank likes him and we understand the skill set that Talon brings, right? Like, I mean, he is a he's great um, off the dribble, getting to the rim, has kind of an uncanny knack for finishing at the rim. Um, is able to get it, is able to get it up usually off the backboard and, and get it to drop. So, you know, obviously something they don't really have outside of Russell Westbrook, who, by the way, has almost the uncanny ability to not finish at the rim. Um, <laughs> so, you know, we understand that Talon is valuable to this team, but more so much more so without LeBron. I mean, they really had a kind of a difficult time scoring and really kind of attacking and really you know getting any offensive flow in some of these games without LeBron I think I think Talon has really sort of uh, amped that up but here's what Frank said that was that I thought was interesting he was asked if Talon is kind of making a case to stay in the starting lineup when LeBron gets back and Frank said yeah that there is a case and I would be curious Yovan to know if you buy that as as something that we could actually see because coming into the year we spent a lot of time talking about that starting two guard position and i think we both sort of landed on it either being wayne ellington or kent Bazemore, depending on uh, how much defense you wanted at that position but primarily because you needed you needed three-point shooting you need you need a guy who's who can who can defend yes but also space the floor and Taylor through his first two years hasn't really been a floor spacer. He, he's you know a below average three point shooter. His best offensive skill is getting to the rim. Obviously, like I was saying, um, has Talon showed enough from three? I think you're looking at it right now. What's he yeah. shooting? He's shooting forty percent yeah. on six point seven attempts per game. Yeah, I know he's shoot, he's getting them that, up. That that's to me unsustainable. The forty percent for I, sure. I would be shocked if he shot that well. But if he shoots thirty four percent. That's good. And to me, you, you just said it. The six point seven attempts is where you know. One knock with Talon was not just the the poor shooting, which I think entering the season, he was a sub 30% mm-hmm. career three-point shooter. It was the lack of attempts and, and the lack of, you'd see, he'd come in, he'd miss a three, and then the next time he's open from three, he would pass up that look or force a drive, yeah. you know, throw a wild shot up, turn the ball over. And the fact that he is now confident enough in his shot to take seven a game. Yeah. I don't think that will sustain either. But again, it, it's more the process of he looks more confident, uh, not not just from beyond the arc, but I, I think off the dribble, he, he's been you know flashing more step back mm-hmm. jumpers, fadeaways, mm-hmm. those types of things. So uh, I, I think Talon, you know, we, we kind of saw it in, in some of the training camp videos. His shot looked better. Yeah. He, he was making all these threes. And you never know if that's going to translate. It, it always, you know, everyone improves over the offseason, right? Especially for, from from beyond the arc but to me it looks legitimate to the extent that i think he can shoot 34 yeah. percent. i think he can maybe even shoot 35 percent. and if he does that over the course of the rest of the season that to me is either the lakers starting shooting guard or their sixth man yeah and i i, I think i still probably tend to sixth man just because I, I i like the idea of him out there with carmelo anthony mm-hmm. i think those two guys really complement each other pretty well um but you know what what's interesting about Talon is like right now he's doing this you know, really when there's nothing to lose, right? Mm-hmm. Like the Lakers 
are not supposed to be, you know, they they are supposed to be winning games without LeBron, but nobody's going to blame Talon if they don't win games. I mean, it falls on Russ, it falls on AD. So it's really a kind of, this is really a soft landing spot for Talon to come out and kind of showcase his offseason improvement, get shots up. Is it would it would it look different uh, with LeBron? Like, would he be as aggressive offensively if it's LeBron James on the floor and like you are, you know, your championship expectation Lakers? Um, I would submit that Taylen Horton Tucker for, that might be an issue for some guys. Taylen has just not shown any uh, any trepidation in his career so far. I think especially you know once he got kind of through the early stages of his first year when he wasn't playing, he was in the G League. Um, you know, came in, in in that Houston series and made an impact in game two against the Rockets. Um, and then, you know, really has continued to evolve. And I just feel like mindset wise, when we talk about like kind of swagger, like he's a guy who is not afraid of the moment. So if, if he was, if he is playing with LeBron, if he is playing in, in that starting lineup, I think that he will be a guy who's not intimidated by that moment. Um, that said, I think I lean uh, tailing off the bench balance. Yeah. I want balance with the starting no. lineup, not just your five best players. I want balance. I think so. I, I think because that, once because you get back into sorry to cut you off, but like this is the 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 reason we had an issue with it from the beginning was was the spacing, and you have three guys who are at their best with the ball in their hands, and it's not just can Talon become play more off the ball. Like he's going to want to find opportunities with the ball in his hands to attack, and every time he's attacking, you're taking that away from LeBron James and Russell Westbrook, who are two of the best in the world at it. So I think take a guy who's also very skilled at it and put him in some different looks. So you have that, that weapon kind of on the floor at all times. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily with 24 seven us based live customer service from discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Well, I think this brings up a segue into the the second thing that I've been encouraged by through this recent stretch, even with the Lakers basically going 500 over the last few games. Uh, The starting lineup and going smaller with AD, it's something that we talked about a bunch. Thought it was going to happen from the beginning. Basically, any uh, you know, everybody, that's kind of been the thing in Laker land for the past couple of years is, you look at the Lakers numbers with AD at the five versus JaVale, Dwight, yeah. Mark, Drummond, Trez. It's better with AD at the five. It, it has been for three straight years. And I think the Trevor Ariza injury, as we discussed, affected that. And, and had Trevor been healthy, he's probably the starting power forward. And the Lakers are, are small from day one. He yep. goes out. They don't have, with Talon also out, they don't have that wing depth, that wing flexibility to go smaller. Uh, but... One thing I'll be interested in longer term, you know, do they stick with the starting lineup? Because Frank has continued to hedge. He, he says, you know, right now, this is our lineup. Uh, this is something that offensively we're looking at in, in terms of the spacing. He, he just said Russ had his best game of the season against Milwaukee. Yep. And he has 15 his, assists, three turnovers. It's and and five it was, to one Frank, Frank did a double take. And my favorite part of that was Frank was like, 
15, uh, 15 assists, three turnover. And he like stopped himself. Like, am I getting this right? He looks at the stat sheet and then he's like, 15 assists and three turnovers. And like, <laughs> Russ, Russ's, Russ's assist to turnover ratio on a nightly basis is such an adventure because it was what, like last week, I can't remember which game it was, but uh, Anthony Davis kind of did the same thing. He's like, Russ is playing a lot better. He's doing a good job of keeping the turnovers down like we've been talking to him about. Then he looked at the stat sheet. He goes, oh, well, he had eight, eight tonight. Never mind. But, you know, it, he was trying to keep them down. But, yeah, yeah, yeah he, he had eight. So, it's like the stat sheet is, like, always, like, this, like, a real, a real, um, a, a real uh, uh, gamble for for, uh, for people with the Lakers. But I, I think two, two fact, like, I think if the Lakers are staying with the bigger lineup, I think there is more of an argument for Taylor off the bench, but if they stay with the smaller lineup, LeBron returns. You have to think he starts at the four and moves Melo down, or maybe they go LeBron Melo. But I don't think you know Melo is the guy that we were just talking about as arguably the favorite for six man of the year. Like he is someone that has thrived in those second units and really been a difference maker off the bench. Frank has talked about him checking in the, the energy that that brings and mm-hmm. him favoring that. So. I feel like in an ideal world, the Lakers want Carmelo Anthony coming off the bench. Yes. Right now, it's just Trevor's out, LeBron's out. That they it's, have to. It's, it's triage. Whatever, yeah. whatever you, you, whatever you can do just to to survive right now. Sure, absolutely. And so I, I look at just LeBron comes back, Trevor comes back, Kendrick comes back. If Trevor can't provide much, which we have no assurance of at this point. I right. mean, this was a guy who was basically out of the league a year ago. Well, and same and with Kendrick Nunn, by the way. Not 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 the age thing, but we haven't seen or heard anything about Kendrick Nunn. Yeah. Another guy we expected a lot from this year. He's not on this road trip even. Yeah. And like, you know, that doesn't necessarily, you know, for for you know, it's not necessarily foreboding, but you've got a guy who is not close at all and he's staying in LA to rehab. Uh, that's not a great sign either. So we we don't we don't know what to expect from Trevor and I, I just wonder if, again, ideally your starting lineup is AD, Trevor, LeBron, player X, right. and Russ. If Trevor can't go for or, or can't go for a while, I almost feel like you have to kind of start Talon as one of those other two perimeter guys. Because I, I think one thing that has also kind of happened now is, I mean, by the the shifting of the starting lineup, DeAndre Jordan is out of the rotation. I know he, he played a few minutes right. outside Milwaukee, but for all intents and purposes, he, he's the yep. third center. And Kent Bazemore has lost his starting yep. spot and is is on the outside looking in. He also got a few minutes last night, but I think that was a more of a desperation thing from Frank. So I just kind of wonder, like, if you're not starting Talon and Kendrick's still out for however long, right. who are you putting in there? Because Kent, I think, has lost some of the faith from the coaching staff. Wayne is, I think, played well, but again, not a great defender. And uh, I think someone you can kind of pick on. And, yeah. and we've seen that with Frank going with Avery Bradley, he wants a defender next to Russ that, that can handle either backcourt spot. So unless Avery Bradley continues to start, which to me is is a mistake, uh, the, the on-off numbers with Avery have been awful. And, um, you know, I, I think there's a reason he was cut from the Warriors, uh, you know, 15th spot. I'm looking at Talon as like it, it might similar to kind of how Melo is starting right now out of triage, as you said. Yeah, I think Talon might have to ultimately just kind of take that spot unless Trevor could come back. Yeah, and, but even then, I don't know who that fifth starter is because I don't. I don't think it's Avery long term personally. Yeah, and no. If it's if it's not Kent, are you going what? Like I, I don't know who you go there. So th- yeah. that that's just something. I'm thinking of like longer term. Yeah, I mean you're, you're you're not wrong. I mean like we we are sort of the thing we said about this this roster coming into the year was not all of the guys they signed are going to pan out. 
you know, not all these players that they that came on minimum contracts are going to hit. And you know, so far, you know, Trevor Ariza's hurt. Kent Bazemore has been disappointing. Um, you know, Kendrick Nunn not on a on, on a minimum, but you know, we haven't seen him. We don't know. Um, you know, Taylor Horton Tucker and I mean, Mello's obviously been great, especially for yeah. what they've asked of him to do, um, and especially when you know he was coming off the bench. Um, but you know, you know, Taylor's the guy who's kind of really outperformed expectations so far. And I think, you know, you, you want to reward that too. So I think that he'll, you know, continue to have a big role. Um, I, I think that the Lakers are still very hopeful about Trevor Ariza. Uh, I want to say when he first went out, they said eight weeks and that was early October. So we could potentially be nearing something. It was a reevaluate. Like, but like, I don't, the, like, the I Lakers don't know. injury stuff has been a little weird this right. season. With yeah. The... Well, not just this season, but I don't, <laughs> I don't, um, I would, I would like, listen, I've not seen or heard anything that would indicate that he is going to be on the floor by like, you know, December 5th or anything like that. But um, hopefully we'll be getting a little bit of clarity on him in the next couple of weeks. And that would help sort of inform these conversations about what those lineups are going to look like. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Austin Reeves. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Potential. yeah. Great, good, I mean, good he, he might just be the, the answer there as the fifth starter. Like, I don't think that's... Well, it, it's not crazy because... Crazy. So before Austin Reeves hurt his knee... He was actually supposed to start. Uh, it's a knee for him, right? Uh, no, I think it's hamstring. Hamstring. Okay, that's right. The, the Lakers. The Lakers injury list is pretty long. And right. It's hard it's, to keep you, track. You get confused. <laughs> if I pull up his game log, whichever game it was that he first was out for, the Lakers were leaning toward moving Austin Reeves into the starting lineup, so to facilitate going small. And then he's out. Rondo was out for that game, so they stayed big for one more game. And then the next game was when you saw them, you know, move Mello in and 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 really go small and, and kind of commit. So uh, the Lakers internally, at least, have had some you know willingness to start Austin Reeves. I mean, really unexpected, right? Who saw that coming when they yeah. first signed him to a two way contract uh, back in in August, but or in July? But um, he's been good. And again, we're talking about balance. We're not saying yeah. he's one of your five best players, but you need somebody out there who can. Who can defend, knock down shots? You know he's got he's got he some might, skill. He might be one of their five. Best I've been impressed. I mean, he's I mean, been good. He's been really good. Like I'm not I'm not trying to downplay what he's doing, yeah. but again, you don't just want to say you know, yeah. that's why you, you don't just play. You don't just say yeah. So I I feel like uh, Austin's Austin's a good a good candidate there too if if this team gets healthy, uh, or if he gets healthy and Trevor Reza still isn't. And then let's so we, we talked about a couple positives here. I think Talon's play and sure. the Lakers finally committing to the, the smaller starting group. What about negatives? Because I think one thing for me, and, and, and this might be a, a simplified way of looking at it, but for the Lakers to be four and six, I, they, they've had so many injuries, right? So it, yeah. it's, it's hard to, it's hard to parse that out. And as we discussed, it's a lot of vet minimum guys. So you're, you don't have high expectations necessarily, yeah. but to me to have Anthony Davis universally a top 10, if not top five, when he's at his best player, Russell Westbrook, who I don't know, top 50, top four. Like, I don't know where you put Russell Westbrook. He's top 50, I think, at, at worst. Uh, you know, uh, I wish you guys could have seen Bill's face when I said that. But it's hard to rank him. It's, right. it's hard to rank him. So, but like, he, you know, a, a pot, like a plus in, in some regard. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I mean, listen, I'm just saying 80 and Russ against a relatively lottery heavy schedule should be better than four and six right. without LeBron. That, that's right. just... And, and, and listen, that includes two losses to Oklahoma City. And we were talking about this before we started recording. You had, um, 
you know, you have three three wins that were in overtime that could have, you know, I mean, with any with any overtime game, I mean, you're just, you know, a razor's edge away from going the other way. So, I mean, credit to them for closing out those games, Charlotte, Miami, San Antonio. But they were those could very easily be losses also. I mean, so, you know, the pendulum I mean, the, swing. The fourth San Antonio game also went down. I mean, they were within two points with two right, minutes left. So. Right. I mean, the Lakers have not been impressive in these 10 games. I think I think that would probably be the simplest way to say it. Because yeah. you could argue, well... You know, they beat, they win one of those games against OKC. They're five and five, and that's you know, then that's better. Or if you know, but like, so it could go either way. But the fact is, they just haven't been impressive, and they are not even, they're not even competitive against good teams. Like I, if, the, if the, you the, told the, me the, it, the Bucks game was 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 entertaining and it was good, Giannis carved up AD yeah. like completely destroyed him. Um, you know, I never was particularly. You know, I was never really skeptical that the Lakers that, that the Bucks were going to pull that out. It was cl- kind of close throughout, um, but I mean, that was really kind of the only time we've seen them. You know, I guess Miami also, but Jimmy didn't play the second half. Um, you know, Chicago they were just not competitive, and I think that that has been sort of kind of what you expect from them against good teams without LeBron. Which again, this is sort of the LeBron James story, but it's like, okay, LeBron, you need to come back and do it all again because that's what every team you've ever been on needs you to do. And the, part of the reason why the Lakers brought in Russell Westbrook was to avoid that was same- for this this you know LeBron misses some time with an injury. Well, now we have Russ. We we should be better than five. You know, like I feel like if, if you told me entering the season, and, and of course there there you know alternate universe that there's so many things that are different. You know, the roster construction is probably different. That they have a different player sure. in place of LeBron. But if you told me a team has Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook, that in my head is a 40 you know pencil him in for 45 wins maybe even more depending on ad stepping up as, as like that number one guy and for this team to be four and six and really again none of those wins were convincing and, and right. they could have gone six and four beaten okc twice but i mean they could have gone oh and ten like sure. you know like you can sure. play that game either way and and for them to really not have a convincing win without lebron that is like that's a neon sign to me that you know like this team really i mean this team again really needs lebron to be competitive and you just kind of hope that bringing in russ would would address that he's i mean he's done it elsewhere like he he made washington you know he helped washington be a playoff team houston what was a contender uh you know theoretically right uh but it's just it's not it's it's not happening so far. So so far, and I thought this was interesting last night. Maybe other people knew this, but I dived into the numbers just a little bit last night. It's part of the the story you and I did off the game. And I'm curious what you make of this. Like obviously the Lakers are going to be worse without LeBron, right? They have a positive, yes. and again, it's still such small sample size, especially for the games with LeBron. He's only played six games. But Lakers have a positive net rating with LeBron James on the floor. Uh, you know, like you know, this is you know games he's missed games he hasn't but like you know when he's on the floor the lakers have a positive net rating of you know about three points per 100 possessions when he without him it's minus five when the lakers have russell westbrook but no lebron james or when lebron james doesn't play you would think that the lakers should be better with russell westbrook on the court than not but if lebron's not out there and russ is they're actually worse than when neither lebron or russ are on the floor which to me again this can change. I mean, it's so early, but like so far, Russell Westbrook, it's what the eye test tells you. Yeah. The, Russell Westbrook has not made the Lakers better when LeBron James is not out there. Which is... Which defeats a, the purpose of trading Which, which is a $45 million problem a right. year. Uh, you know, so... Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's one thing. Um, I think the second thing, which is kind of tied into this, is like this team is eight and eight through sixteen games. LeBron might play t- tomorrow in Boston, which would obviously be a you know a, a welcome return for the team. And change it just changes the texture of everything, right? It, does. it just it's like so much of what we've been talking about with this team kind of throughout is kind of with this cloud of Le- is LeBron healthy. And if LeBron gets back out there, we're gonna, you almost it's almost like hitting reset on the season. And it's almost kind of fitting if he does come back in Boston that it is with the team at 8 and 8. Like it's it's kind of like starting over. Well, so I what I was going to say though is that they're they're 8 and 8. They're currently the 8 seed. They're they're technically tied for 7th, but Portland has the the tiebreaker over them currently. Uh like this was the part of the schedule they're, that they're, they're, they they are one game better than the Thunder right now, which is I mean, we could stop the podcast. Like, I just think this, like when we looked at, you know, we, we wrote about the first 15 games. Mm-hmm. We were like, this team is going to go <clears throat> 13 and two, sure. 12 and three, 11 and four at work. Like th- this is a cupcake schedule, right. uh, you know, home heavy, a bunch of lottery teams. Like th- this is, you know, we looked at maybe at Portland as like a likely loss. Right. And, and maybe they lose to one of the, you know, I mean, Phoenix war, war, or Golden war, State like or whatever. Like Warriors but, and Phoenix to start was yeah. going to be a challenge. I, uh, I thought they'd split those two, and then and, and, and then Portland. Other and than that, Miami, first, I thought would be a t- like yeah. But but yeah. again, twelve and th- whatever for them to be you know uh, eight and seven during that yeah. stretch. Now be eight and eight, and let's say LeBron comes back tomorrow. I mean, you got Boston, which yeah. I'm pulling it up right here. There, seven and eight. They, they've been kind of struggling Struggle, a bit, yep. but. Uh, and I was going to say good at home, two and three at home. So not good at home. Uh, so, so maybe, I mean, they're probably maybe favored in that game, but it's, it's, it, listen, Detroit, the teams that they're playing the rest of this road trip are not, are not world beaters, right? The Knicks no. at the end of it, like are going to be motivated. Obviously the Knicks, you know, are, are over 500 right now. But I mean, listen, Celtics, uh, Celtics, Bucks, who, who just beat them last night, Pacers, um, all under 500. So, I mean, I, th- you know, it's not, this does feel like a chance where like if the Lakers were, you know, do have a healthy LeBron, you know, they have a healthy AD, they have a healthy Russ, that should be enough to win some games on this trip. But we haven't seen the other signs that would give you confidence that that's what's going to happen. And, and that's, I guess, I, I feel like they're already in a hole and they need to get out of it sooner than later. And, and, and that's, I guess, was my larger point yeah. of that. I thought, they would start with the cushion, yeah, and then potentially as the schedule got harder, deal with some more wrink, you know, the, the wrinkles that come up and, and 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 different stuff. But now it's like they still, I mean, they they're still gonna have Kendrick come in yeah. and, and have to f- find a place for him. They're gonna have Trevor come in. They're gonna have LeBron come back. Yeah, there's gonna there's and, going to be growing pains, and then, that's but, why you want to bank wins. That's why, and that's what exactly. we talked about. And that, that's where the Thunder loss. I mean, the Thunder yeah. losses really are are, yeah. are costly in that regard. Like, yeah. if this team was ten and six, we'd feel very different. I think we're we're, t- we're having a different conversation, and you could say like you know the process of okay, well they should have won both of those games, and uh, you know maybe that doesn't matter as much. But the West is so jumbled this year. Uh, you know, you, you still have. I mean, I think it's it's a nine team race for the top eight seeds. Yeah. Uh, so I, I mean, I, I don't think the Lakers playoff odds are in, in jeopardy, but I think looking at Golden State at 12 and two yeah. and Phoenix at 11 and three, Utah at nine and five, like they're already chasing those teams, uh, to, to get a top six seed yeah. and avoid the plan. And, and that's which is just, just, which is like, this is with the exception of the year, the Lakers won the title, right? They were kind of the one seed throughout, you know, they had the benefit of going into the bubble, 
you know, they had to win one game in the bubble just to, you know, lock up the one seed and then they could kind of cruise, you know, they could, they could tinker, they could, they could, you know, tailing out a lot of minutes then, you know, the Lakers in LeBron's three other years here, haven't had any kind of luxury like that. They haven't had, they haven't had that cushion that you're talking about. So last year, obviously there were the injuries. So the Lakers were in kind of this urgent playoff mode, you know, so much earlier than, you know, than the actual playoffs LeBron's first year, if you remember when LeBron came back from his groin injury, the Lakers were still kind of within range of a playoff spot. And you remember LeBron coming back and saying, like, you know, it's about to be different. Like, I'm going to have to turn it up a little earlier than I normally do. And then that didn't work. But I do feel like the Lakers are at risk of being in the same position where they're going to have to, you know, be in this, you know, playoff-like mentality, you know, like in January. And, like, that is... Um, that is not what you want for a team that is has an average age of like forty seven. It's just it just is not ideal. And granted, you know, like and what do players always say? Well, nobody's going to feel sorry for us. Still got to go out. You know, you know, you, you you play the hand you're dealt. And you know, the Lakers because they have LeBron, because they have you know such talent on this team, and you know, guys have won before. You kind of always give them the you always kind of have a certain level of trust with, with them and with LeBron to be able to figure it out and, and kind of pull the rabbit out of the hat. But you just want to put yourself in the best position to have, you know, outs, I guess. And, and, and the, the margins just get thinner when you have a start like this. So to your point, yes, need LeBron back and need, and need to be winning games. You don't want to come home from this road trip below 500, especially if LeBron plays in four of the games. Yeah. Do you think LeBron plays on Friday? Gun to your head? <sighs> That's a tough one. I know ESPN reported, you know, 50-50. Yeah, the comment to us walking through the hallway. Would, yeah, when we saw him last night, he said, we, we'll see, which doesn't mean much. I would he probably... He kind of had a smirk on his face. Like, I, a little... I, I kind of think he does. I don't think you kind of start building the hype machine yeah. as early as you do, as they did, unless you're going to do it. But I feel like also we've, you know, covered the most injured version of LeBron, right? Yeah. Through these four years. And so there have been some of these these moments where he, the, the, you know, these return to play buildups, and I feel like there have been some false starts because That's of true. that, and it'd be, especially because of the nature of this of this injury, it is something that could so easily be re-injured. You just want to be a hundred hundred percent sure. And you know, if something doesn't feel a little bit right, you know, they're gonna have a I think an optional shoot around tomorrow. I'm sure LeBron is gonna be getting in that work to see how he feels and make sure that he is in the right place physically to go. Because that injury, if it becomes worse, can become a longer term injury. He's already at two weeks missed. To answer your question in the longest possible way, I would guess he'll play. I'm anticipating him playing, but I wouldn't be surprised if caution won out. If I'm not mistaken, last season there was what wasn't there like it was like a week or a week and a half before he ultimately returned that it had been reported i, I want to say there, there was an earlier like there was a an earlier timetable that he was maybe going to come back and then he he didn't end up coming back if, if i'm that, uh, that i'd that, have to go back and that but, definitely could be i don't remember specifically if that was the case but it, i feel like it was around it, a week yeah, or so. like it's, it, and it's that's something that we've it, it's just it is something that like you have to be sure and while we are talking about the urgency and like can't lose games and all that, um, I think the even bigger thing though is you can't you know it, be blinded by that urgency and make a decision that puts LeBron at risk of missing a longer stretch of time because then that does doom the season. So that's where that's where that decision is just really um, is really nuanced. Because go, I mean, going back to last season, we all picked the Lakers to beat the the Suns. Sure. 
in the first round. And I think had that happened, maybe we're talking about the Lakers in the finals or at least the conference finals uh, with, with the way that the bracket played out. So I, I would, I mean, to your point, like the Lakers don't have a shot without, like if this team doesn't have LeBron, they're losing in the first round. No, and I like, would, I would pick, you know, I don't know a West team I would pick them over. Right. Like, with I mean, the, with and that's, and that's just, and that's just the reality. And like, I think, you know, everyone understands that that is the importance of LeBron. Like he is, he is the sun and everything yeah. else is, you know, the, you know, the solar system, the, the, the clouds, <laughs> the, like birds in the sky. Like, I mean, it's, <laughs> Uh, uh, okay. uh, one thing that came up last night, Frank was uh, Frank Vogel was apoplectic. I would say, if That's I could, good word. If I could say it correctly, apoplectic, apoplectic, yeah. apople- we'll, we'll take yeah. this. We'll take this out in post. Um, <laughs> we don't do post. This is this, if you made it this far in the podcast, you've got it. Um, Frank was upset because Anthony Davis shot zero free throws. Yeah. And there was one very obvious play where you know, AD was on the break and Giannis looked like he hammered him. Uh, AD took a knee to the hip that was that was bothering him in the second half. He was really having a hard time running. Um, and you pulled up some numbers uh, last night that are in the story uh, from last night about you know Le- LeBron is shooting the fewest free throws uh, of his career. Russ is shooting the f- fewest free throws of his career. Um, and Anthony Davis shooting the second fewest free throws of his career, you know, trying to put some context around like, you know, the, the anecdotal yeah. um, evidence from, from a single game. Here's my like counter to all that. Okay. Like, especially with Russ and LeBron, not a counter to your stats, but no, counter, no, yeah. to, counter to like that the Lakers are getting hosed. Russ and LeBron are shooting way more jump shots as they get older. Mm-hmm. And Anthony Davis, despite being a dominant, imposing, you know, you know, physical force, still shoots more than half of his shots are as jump shots. And it's like, that's not where fouls are happening. Like, it's not like he's putting pressure on officials to, 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 I mean, it's not, like he's not, not, but it's like, he's, you know, he's not a guy who's at the rim every single time down, down the court. And I wonder if some of that is, you know, does he need to be more assertive? Does he need, to, of course the answer is yes. Like if you want more foul calls, put yourself in a position to get more foul calls. Yeah, I'm I'm I'm, look, I'm pulling it up right now. Uh 51.9% of his shots have been jumpers this year. LeBron's average shot distance is 14.6 feet, which is the furthest of his career. Okay. Russ is at 12.4, which he, he's had a few seasons a little bit further than that, okay. but we, we know he, he's reduced the threes even if Yes, that's uh, for, true. For, for my liking, I, I would like it to go down uh, a little more and then 80 uh Pulling this up on basketball reference. He's at 9.8 feet. He's had several seasons more than that. So, I mean, I, I do think, I think it's more of an issue with LeBron where yeah. I've noticed this since covering the team. I feel like LeBron gets hacked on almost every drive. And I, I know sometimes he sells it and and that, you know, he kind of has that right. reputation among non-LeBron fans. But I do think- The haters. <laughs> the haters. Uh but I, I think he also deals with a lot of contact on drives that because of his size and strength and power, you know, similar to say, I mean, not to the extent of Shaq, but similar to a Shaq uh, doesn't necessarily get the same level of calls that he probably should. Uh, I found Russ. It feels like five times a game, Russ will drive to the rim, miss a layup, as you yeah. uh, aforementioned, and uh, complain to the ref that oh, he was sure. fouled. And... I think sometimes it's just he missed the layup and he's kind of, you know, you, you miss a shot, you say you were fouled, but some of it is, is legitimate. So 
I personally do think that there is something to the Lakers complaining about the foul calls. I think that to have LeBron, AD, and Russ, three guys who are not only stars, but stars because of what they've done in the paint and their ability to get to the rim and finish. Um, yes, there, there are some spacing issues, and I think going with the two bigs, force LeBron and Russ and AD to all be jump shooters and sure. play more on the perimeter. But I do think that they've had this gripe now for multiple – I mean, how many technical fouls has this team – gotten because of a, a either a foul call or, or against them or a no call and you know part of that is just their composure and and you know kind of uh balancing that but i do think they've been frustrated with the with the officiating sure. all season frank said after the game uh you know we, we always send clips to the league that they usually do a good job with that we're going to be sending that Giannis clip to the league so and i don't I mean, we're not putting this all like there, there are bigger problems here. Jovan yeah. thinks the refs are the reason the Lakers are eight and eight. There, there are bigger and problems. Sliding and sliding in the West. That's what one commenter said. Uh, but don't read the comments. I try not to. But there are bigger problems here. But I, I do think that it has been a factor in, in some close sure. games where you know they've dealt with foul trouble on their end, and, and I think they haven't gotten to the free throw line as much as they'd like. So I think that's something to look for. Kind of bigger picture is. Now with the small, the smaller group, we can see the splits. You know, we'll look at Dwight on the floor and, and DJ on the floor versus AD at the five. Yeah. What's the Lakers' free throw rate? And I think that's something to monitor moving forward. Yeah. But we've gone long enough here. Uh, this was uh, this was find, fun. We gotta get some chowder. Yeah, let's chowder and a chowder. lobster roll. <laughs> gotta get to my own hotel. I'm not staying in the I'm not staying in the fancy high rise in, in, in Back Bay. I've got to I've got to get over to like Southie and check into my Fairfield Inn. <laughs> Uh, well, Connell, breakfast at the Fairfield Inn. <laughs> for Bill, I'm Yovan. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back next week. Talk to you then. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.